0: On this week's episode of A Slice of Golf, we discuss if golf clubs should be pushing social memberships more. Ben gets confused about what Lynx Golf really is. Plus, after Jordan Spieth's win at Harper Town, a week after his Masters meltdown, we're talking about how we bounce back after a nightmare round. This is A Slice of Golf, hosted by me, Tim Williams, me, Ben Fowlis,
1: and myself, Chris Wright. Hello, hello, hello. It's another
0: week of A Slice of Golf. I'm back with the boys. Uh, plenty to talk about. We are talking about, amongst other things, bounce back ability this week. That's kind of like our buzz topic for this week. But before we get into it, uh, as always, I'm joined by Chris and I'm joined by Ben. Fellas, who's been out on the golf course? Any practice this weekend? Chris, I'm going to come to you first. What have you been doing?
1: Ooh, okay, so uh, I snuck out for a sneaky lesson.
2: Oh. Interesting. Yeah, quite sneaky. <laughs> this is the first time I'm hearing I thought, this. <laughs>
0: I thought tomorrow night was going to be the lesson. So so a bit of context. Um, Myself and Foulis for various reasons were kind of asking if there's a chance we could record this tomorrow night. This is Tuesday night. We were asking for Wednesday night. Chris said he couldn't do tomorrow night but didn't leave any more than that in his message. So I was convinced that tomorrow night was going to be a lesson that he just wasn't going to tell us about. But obviously that's not... The, no,
1: well, good, no, no. Tomorrow is uh, curry and beers, so uh, much less oh, yes. golf, golf focused. Uh, no lesson was lost Thursday. Uh, I haven't done any practice over the weekend. Uh, long weekend, just seeing family, etc. But uh, yeah, Thursday, I, I said when we played Perford. Uh, in fact, watching the videos back, one of the comments I made was on the videos was. Um, uh, we've got our major coming up. As long as I do have a short game lesson, I should be fine. I didn't have a short game lesson before the majors and <laughs> and I wasn't fine. Um, short game was my downfall. So sort of messaged the coach and was like, look, long game is improving. I'm really happy with how long game is improving, but short game is absolutely killing me. Like getting around the green in two and then taking four shots to then get down is unacceptable and just absolutely killing my game so turned up we did a little bit on the long game and it's still just for me he was like loving your back swing loving the top of the position he was like just your impact position that we've really just got to work Uh, and basically he's, he's told me that i just need to follow your program ben and just actually get some flexibility in my in my hips he's like you're just not you're not able to rotate. You're not able to turn and get your hips pointing to the target. And he's like, until you can do that, you you're just not going to create a good impact position. So, I was so like, it's all down to rotation, Chris, nothing, out, nothing other than rotation. Oh, I mean, no, no, I'm sure there's a, a long list of things he wants to work on, but right now the thing that's going to move the needle, I make the biggest difference is in my downswing, I've got to get my hips through like rotated through. And he's like, for whatever reason, even when you think you're doing it, you're just not doing it. And I just, I have notoriously poor hip flexibility and whatever. So I'm going to, I'm going to start there uh, as well as consciously thinking about it, actually do some work on the flexibility side of stuff. Um, And he just said, until you get into that point, you're just, you're not going to be able to get yourself into a good impact position. So I was like, okay, that's fine. I can, I can do that. And then he's like, let's go outside. And he's like, from what you've told me about your short game, my guess is, it's the same problem, if that makes sense. Like with the short game, he's like, if you don't, if you're not actually turned through the your hips, you just, you'll scoop. And when you scoop, you'll either duff the ground two feet behind or you'll hit it halfway up the ball and thin it through the back of the green. He's like, so it's probably the same issue. You're probably like the the, the drills that he's given me for both for the long game will probably help the short game, if that makes sense, because it will just help me get into a better position. But... We, so he he did I've never been actually this it was quite funny so we go out onto the so Sunningdale Heath doesn't have um a full practice facility yet although I think rumblings of them doing it uh so you you go out into one of the holes and he just put a, a group of balls down at 10 yards off the green a group of balls down at 20 yards off the green 30 yards 40 yards and I'm not being funny the amount of dread that came over me stood over he's like let's go out to the 40 yard one, one first and there's like People just walking around, like going off on the first tee. And I'm just like, oh,
2: so many people are going to see me thin this through the back of the green. Great, this is exactly, yeah, this is exactly. What- as you said, it's not like it's a tucked away practice green. It is a green on one of the 18 holes that are the <laughs> play on the day. Like, that is what you're working with there. But, but that is much better
0: practice under pressure than hitting balls at the range.
2: Yeah, who was sure. it who said the other week, Daniel Kang was, or who, whoever it was, I can't remember who it was, yeah. was missing the green purposely to get Chip and pranks <laughs> yeah. in. That was yeah. kind of the equivalent amount of pressure. <laughs> yeah.
1: So he he then he then just he just said, right, well, what club are you going to hit from this distance? And honestly, I was just like, I, I don't know. Like, I, ge- I genuinely don't know what to hit. Like, I, I'm so at a loss with this sort of distance. I just don't know what. He's like, okay, so pick a club. I was like, I'd probably pick my 54. He said, why? I was like, because I've got zero confidence with the 58 degree. Don't know what I'm doing with that. And the 50, I just would just go way too far. So he's like, okay. And I hit two, then hit two shots with the 54. Both sailed the green. And he was like, I'm not sure what you think is, that wrong with your technique? He's like, You're, you are definitely using the wrong club though. I was like, okay, <laughs> noted. And he's like, he's just like, for you, anything from, you know 60 yards in you should just be using your your lob wedge to so my 58 degree and so i was like okay and he was like just do what you were just doing but with the lob wedge and then clearly there was a couple of Chris's in his own head moments where i just duffed or chipped and he was like this is ridiculous you're just same technique as you did literally 20 seconds ago just with a different club <laughs> stop stop messing around yeah it's all up top
0: though isn't it it's all up top <laughs>
1: Oh uh, and and eventually he started putting some of the balls on the green, which is great. He gave, obviously gave me a few pointers. He just was like around, the biggest issue just,
2: is just Just quickly, uh, Tim, what sort of club do you use from like 50, 60 in? Is that only ever a lob wedge? Only
0: ever a 58 degree wedge. No. Never anything else. The, the only exception would be if I was gonna bump and run around the green, yeah. in which case I might t- I might hit like a I might hit like an eight iron using a putting action that's literally it though anything other than that is 58 degrees my
2: it's actually my favorite club in my bag yeah i'm i'm anything sub 70 so up to 70 yards i'm 58 degree love wedge every time got you.
1: um so then yeah and then we just worked our way in did the 30 yards the 20 yards the 10 yards um and and it was all. It was it all felt quite simple to be honest. He just he broke it down and was like, "Here's your setup." He was like, "Your ball's a little bit too far forward in your stance," which is interesting. So I always thought it was way too far back. Um, and the the comment that really made sense for me that the the thing that stuck in my mind was your chest is always moving, mm. as in it should be. Your chest is always rotating. As soon as your <sighs> chest stops, your hand just comes through. Flick it and it's gone he was like for you you're just your chest is always moving he's like turn turn and you'll you'll be good and i was like okay fine and and that kind of swing thought definitely helped with the confidence um even then he was like okay so you've you've hit it over the back of the green you haven't got a bump and run he he basically said if you if you're on the fringe never use your 58 do what you said tim just use your you know a nine iron or whatever and bump and run it um he was like let's say you're you're off the back there's a bit of a slope down you're in some rough you need to get the wedge out he just said you know here's how you open it up here's how you hold the here's how you would just change the grip on not change the grip sorry just change the the open open the face a bit more and then do the same shot and and i did it and i was like oh golf is really <laughs> easy when when you've got someone telling you exactly how to do it <laughs> looking over you yeah. and watching <laughs> um so now for me it's just go put that into practice and i haven't joined Putnam, however I, th- I really think I will be as long as they've got some space for social membership so somewhere I can just go practice the short game for me I think is going to be key, I think that will be the biggest, uh, the next big step for me
2: mm. Nice, nice. nice. The, I think between the three of us that's am I right in thinking that's the first short game lesson any of us have had
1: Correct I'm, well I've never had one Yeah, and I need one Yeah. That's- and, ben, and Ben thinks putting practice is a waste of time <laughs> anyway <of us> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: that's
1: correct (laughs) (laughs) so no it was it it was really useful even even just to put a level of confidence back in my game that i actually do have that in the locker if i use the right club and don't mess about with it so yeah it was it was very good i'm now just excited to get to a practice ground and actually start practicing dialing in those distances
0: nice nice yeah i'm actually with you on that so um the journey of social membership oh, goes yes. on. So I, so I submitted the uh, the application form last week. I didn't hear anything back towards the end of the week. And I thought, you know what? It's coming towards long weekend, Easter holiday. I think it's fair enough. Membership secretary might be away. So I dropped on the call today. Dropped the uh, the office call today. And I'm excited to say I've got a phone call tomorrow with the membership uh, secretary. Um, he wasn't there when I called today, but there was a, a very polite lady who took the call. And in her words, it shouldn't be an issue. So I'm very excited about having... Uh, short game facilities ready and open to me for the foreseeable in a very very short period of time. Uh, very very exciting.
1: Yeah, yours yours sounded absolutely incredible. I, I think Putnam's are a, a decent, but I don't know that they're that good. And I would totally if there was another course anywhere near me that had equal facilities like you're talking about, I would be dead set on that. But I, I don't mean to ask a
2: ridiculous question, but have you kind of actually looked? I know it's quite. Di- I know it's quite right. difficult to do a, a, a right. so proper look on that.
1: But- so the answer is the answer is yes, but not how. Like the answer is yes. I went to Google and I typed in golf clubs near me. Clicked on every golf club and do you know what they don't tell you? Like they don't tell you what practice facilities they have, or if they yeah. if they say we have a short game area, good luck on finding a picture of it. Like so, you basically have to go down to the clubs and can I be? bothered to go down to all the clubs Plus,
2: no they don't help themselves do they golf clubs
1: no like if one of them just showed me really nice pictures of the practice ground and facilities i'd be like sign me up um but the part i only you know they have if you're on their yeah. website you wouldn't you can't see the practice facilities it's just because i've played there and know that they have a range short game area and uh <coughs> putting green but that's that's yeah. it nice but but that does that does bring up an interesting question ben like if they're, and I don't know what 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 percentage of, or if anybody actually gets social, like clearly our group is thinking about social memberships to be able to practice short game. But should clubs be making more of a focus on these these parts of their club? Should well, they be putting it on their website? Should they be promoting it? <laughs> it's an interesting one, isn't
0: it? Because <laughs> from the way, for, for, for us, right? It's, it would seem to be a no-brainer. Um, social membership, and, and again, I, you know, we, for, for you guys listening out there, you know, this is obviously something we've only really relatively recently kind of really looked at seriously, but it does seem to be the way that if you, you know, want to be really focused on having good quality practice and not just going down the range, then that's definitely going to hopefully, touch wood, uh, take, take uh, shots off your handicap. But looking at it from the golf club's perspective, I wonder if they look at if you like the short and long term value of a social gl- uh, social golf member i e are they let's be honest going to be a bit like me pays my annual fee turns up uses the practice facilities and then buggers off doesn't buy any food and drink whatsoever probably plays the course a couple of times discounted green fees but so i wonder if if that's a reason now should they push it more absolutely because in terms of giving people access to grow into the game. Um, I think if golf clubs, you know, if they have a driving range, if they have a putting green, if they have a short game area, it's a great way, I think, to bring more people in. Yeah. You know, if you don't want to go full, full, full being straight, away, straight to a membership, or even, you know what, going straight to um, paying for a round of golf. If you want to just use the short game facilities, first of all, just to try and get yourself into it, then, then that's, then that's really helpful. I think the other thing from a social golf perspective is, you know, looking at the older age group, then probably not going to be able to play. Well, I don't know. I assume they're probably not going to be able to play as many eighteen whole rounds as other age groups. But what they might get some real enjoyment out of is practicing their putting, practicing chipping. Because I think Ben was in Portugal or Turkey a way, way back, and you were playing with. I feel like, I feel like he was like eighty or eighty five, mm-hmm. and apparently his short game was just insane. Um, so, sure, I've, I've absolutely waffled loads there. Should they make more of it? Absolutely, yes, they should. Why don't they? Possibly because they don't see it as a long term revenue maker.
1: Yeah. Well, I th- I, so, A, I think your idea that you'll turn up, not buy drinks, I think that will change very quickly because mm. all it will take is a slightly colder afternoon. You'll be like, ooh, nice little nice little flat white or a nice little Cortado will go down really <laughs> well right now. So, in you go to the <laughs> house. So middle class. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I went for it i went for it don't worry it was intentional <laughs> and before you know it, tim's out there coffee in hand loving life then that goes to a it's a friday afternoon midsummer you've snuck down there for a little cheeky short game session you're obviously going to have a little shandy or a beer while you're there like i think that will quite easily i think golf clubs could quite easily change people into yeah you come down and you have a drink or whatever um I don't think that's an issue. And I think, I just, I really like, if a club, I think it's a much smaller, this is going to sound ridiculous. You get someone as a social membership, let's say a hundred quid. I think Tim, you said yours was 150, something like that. 60. 160. I know right now they're not going to get us as full members, but if you're a social member for a couple of years, the step up to full member then becomes much less of a barrier like you're like oh i actually really enjoy it here i know i've now started to get to know a few people they've spoken to on the practice ground and before you know it like you're a full time you're a full member so and you've paid them for the privilege of then buying into their club so yeah i I think i think it would be a good move do more of it
2: i had i had two thoughts on it i think it's such a huge value add to a membership a full paying member or or, or a non-paying member i think as soon as you get on a golf club site that is good for the golf club because as soon as you are there, you're likely to then go in and buy buy stuff. You know, I've just run out of tees and I need a new golf glove. If I'm heading to go for a practice session, well, guess what I'm going to be buying in their their pro shop? It's the little bits that will add up. They're not going to necessarily mm-hmm. earn a fortune off of the memberships themselves, but it's the additional bits. And like Chris just said, that could lead into um, longer term things. And also with most golf clubs you turn up to, there aren't too many. Where you turn up and alongside the clubhouse you're like oh they're really restricted on space they don't have a short game practice facility facility and but they actually couldn't because there's no space most do have a bit of space and i'll tell you what if you were to be the owner of the club or, or whoever has a say in it and you went to the head greenkeeper it was like right we've got a project for you we've not got a massive budget but we need you to create an awesome short game area i'm sure most head greenkeepers would be like bloody hell like I've never done any renovation work. We've just done general uh, facility, you know, general greenkeeping. I'm sure they would love that sort of project if you put a little bit of money behind it. It looked phenomenal. I'm fairly certain that would pay for itself uh, at some point down the line. So, yeah, I, I and I think it's such a huge because it is such a huge value add. It's something that all golf clubs should really be screaming about. And I don't know of many golf clubs that I go and play that I would say have good practice facilities. One of my favourite, favourite golf courses. They're a little bit tied because of space, but their practice facilities are pants. There's a putting green. There's a driving range, probably like four bay driving range, which you have to take your own balls. And it's like 150 yards long. And you're like, you have a little, an incredible golf course. Here. It's Beautiful. Clubhouse is amazing. Like, surely you must have some room to get some short game facilities in there. Because that would make me question taking out a membership. Mm-hmm. Because I want access to that. Because that is the area of my game, which is horse, absolutely horse dump.
1: And I need to it's would well, you practice
2: but would you practice it or would you
1: just pretend that the long game is the problem and go back to the long game? I, no, if I <clears> if I had access
2: to the facility, um but like I said, I know chipping's my, my, my area of weakness. Putting I, I don't feel too bad with, and I do hit a lot of putts when I'm at home, so I know only five, six footers. But I'm like I mean, this ties into to where I was going to go with, with this weekend's golf. Um, if I had access to a facility that I could go and chip on and practice my short game, I'd use it, yeah, a lot. Because that is where ultimately I'm losing all of my shots. And you play with anyone better than you uh, or better than me. Players I've played with that are better than me in the past couple of years. And I'm like, off the tee, ball striking, not too dissimilar. The difference is from 60 yards and in, like they are money. Yeah. And I am woeful. So that is yeah. that, there's the gap. So yeah, I definitely made use of it.
1: Nice, awesome. That I thought that was going to be a really short section uh, from from leading on from my <laughs> from my golf activities. I'm glad that we've uh, we've dragged that one out. So let's move on to Ben.
2: Um, so I had I was fortunate enough to get two rounds in the diary. Um, beautiful weekend. So for those of you that are, are listening to this uh, and kind of a bit out of sync if you're if you're way down the line it was easter weekend so we had obviously friday off monday off um so i had a round booked in saturday and around booked in monday saturday um tea time was 125 in the afternoon so the initial plan i was playing with my flatmate and one other the initial plan was to leave our flat at 11 which would mean arriving at 11 30 11 45 ish and get some really good in. get there early have a coffee have a good hour and a half two hours good practice well, the night before, I was woken at one thirty by the flatmate stumbling in. Um, it was pretty boozed. Uh, <laughs> I kind of lay there in bed for about 10, 15 minutes waiting to see the uh, the hallway light turn off. And I never did. And there was no footsteps in the flats. So I was like, well, he's either gone back out or I'll say, I'm just going to go and check on him. Walked outside, his bedroom door was open. He was fully clothed, face planted on his bed, absolutely out cold. I was like, right. <laughs> right so he's he's probably not going to be in any state to want to go and practice for two hours tomorrow so already two hours out the window I was like i'll give him a lay-in um but he likes hitting a lot of balls so an hour would be good so we arrived 10 minutes before tea time (laughs) (laughs) we did not hit any balls at all um, no putts, nothing, just a few movement drills and, uh, and off we go. Cause so we got st- stuck in some almighty traffic on the way down. So the two hours of chipping practice that I was going to get in, none of it, um, was, 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 really good, uh, to be out playing 22 degrees, not a cloud in the sky. It really mm. was like summer golf is, is here. And it's so good, so much better. Um, so, uh, uh good round, really enjoyable, Good fun course. I think it is my favorite of the of like that. I don't want to call it budget because that's disrespecting it, but like the on the lower end of the of the fee range. Um, and I think quite a few of us in the group would agree. Uh, and our friend who picked up the game probably eighteen months or so ago uh, loves the course, uh, and then you can just see it was like he was ready to go because I think he's had a couple of lessons recently. He's been playing pretty well. He's striking the ball the best I've ever seen him hit it. Uh, on the day, was striking the ball. Amazing. Short game looked good. So he made the turn, I think, in around 47, 48. Bear in mind, he'd never broken 100 before. And so we did the the, the obligatory at nine update on where everyone is. And I just thought at that point, I was like, well, that's, that's, his chances are probably gone. There's not enough of a margin. Um, and then on the last, as he putted out, he wasn't all that excited. Uh, I think he parred it as well. So as he hold out, he just walked in, picked it up. He thought he'd hit a hundred. Um, turns out, kind of rookie error, he'd miss scored himself on one hole, so he actually shot a ninety nine. But so <laughs> we only realised that kind of as he sat down because we had two different scorecards. And then just a smile on his face when it when when he found out it was, it's great. It's I think that's like the, the third or fourth person I've played with that have broken hundred for the first time, and it's it's so good to see because it just puts your a relevance of whatever annoyance you had on the day, just into perspective. Um, That's so good. Yeah, he's improved so much recently, and, and I think props to Graham. I think he played really well on the day, and I said it to him. It was like, it's good to see him. Good to be there when he does it. Mm. <clears throat> um, so I was uh, at the turn as well. There was some good golf going on. I was out in 39. Um, so breaking 80 was on the cards. I was on 20 points. Ooh. Was feeling Ooh. good. Was hitting the ball really really well um crumbled a little bit on the way back but it was kind of through the tougher holes so you kind of look back on it and you're like if I were to be losing shots it was kind of expected so I came back in 43 for a total of uh, 82 uh, and that was oh, a good round if that were like 36 points so yeah it's something we were talking about on the way around I think you you two would probably both agree like if someone were to buy that golf club if if someone with a bit of cash were to buy that golf club invest a little money it really could be outstanding because it, it's got you're it talking about and ped and place, right? We are, yeah. I've never been, I've never played. Oh, God, we, we've got to get you out down there. It's so much fun to go and play there. It's, it's quite forgiving because it is, as they they call it, Lynx style. So you've got kind of banks uh, onto a, a lot of the right and the left of the fairway. So even some of your bad shots, it does kind of kick back in for you. My, my understanding is links is the opposite of forgiving. <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean when the wind does kick up it is tough um it's not, but it's, not it's not actually links though is it it's not it's No. Not. they call it no. link style because it is still i believe it is still man-made um and they do do all the stuff that you would do on a normal golf course that they don't do on links it's, but um yeah it's, it's not, you, it also links by the seat right no, no it doesn't have to be really mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no doesn't have to be. Surely Lynx is links by the sea. I think
0: they say it's a Lynx <laughs> style yeah. at Pedham Place. I don't know if they can officially call it no.
1: a Lynx No, it's No, not. no. What I mean is Lynx courses are by the sea. And that's why I'm questioning
2: that Lynx isn't, yeah. isn't a Sorry, Penham isn't a Lynx course. No, it's just not. That would be. It's not a Lynx because a lot of it is still man-made. A Lynx course is essentially man-made, don't walk the fairways. Uh, a lot of it is still very natural how it always was, how it used to be. they just run a lawnmower over it and that's about it.
1: No, I'm convinced the Link's <laughs> course is by the sea. I'm convinced <laughs> the Link's course is
2: by the sea. Google's it. Someone's going to, one of us is going to have it. to Google it quickly um, um, because I'm, I'm willing I'm, to be wrong. I am now kind of not 100% convinced. I'm kind of like, uh, I'm putting 64. 60, 40, that means I'm
1: willing to be wrong live on air, but I think resources <laughs> yeah. would rather see. But
2: at the end you of the- talking, Tim's obviously googling it. Yeah, i talking. At the end of the round, kind of obviously we did a debrief. Um and uh, we didn't actually have Monday booked in. So uh Graham, I think, hit thirty eight points, thirty nine points, something like that. I was thirty six. I think Johnny was thirty five, around about that. So I need to say golf morale was very, very high with the weather being great and having a, a nice pint. So we decided to go back to one of our old stomping grounds, somewhere we've spoken about a bit, on Monday, so yesterday. Um, and kind of on very on trend, actually, I kind of had a short game lesson, although it was more just Sunday night, watching a bunch of YouTube, um, <laughs> watching me and my golf, as we all have done, to try and figure out, right what's going on, what's been going wrong, uh, and then got confirmation of, like, I wrote a bunch of notes down, sent them across to my coach, and he was like, yeah, agree with all them. I was like, right, sweet. So that's two different coaches. I'm going to go completely against what Phil Mickelson recommends, and I'm going to go what some of – well, a coach that I trust and that I work with in person and two good coaches on YouTube. Turns out hitting, trying to chip with the ball off the back foot or the front foot is just a recipe for disaster. And they were like, no, <laughs> just play it central. Um, yeah. yeah. So headed down to Chelsfield. Thankfully, I was not um, – uh, inebriated flatmate in tow on the Monday. I, I did play with him and I did play with Graham, but they were coming from uh, elsewhere. <clears throat> uh, and I, So I went down there on my own uh, and I put into play my uh, practice of chipping. I got a solid 45 minutes in and honestly nice. worked a charm. Absolutely oh. worked a charm. Distance control was off just because it's the first time that I've ever consistently connected with the ball. So in the practice, it was more just about, right, okay, get the ball in the air. Where where do I think it's going to stop? I'm trying to put that in play on a course after, you know, kind of learning how to chip in 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Quite difficult. But there wasn't a single bladed or fatted chip. Connection was beautiful every time. Small wow. bounce rolled out.
1: It was um, a dream.
2: It was a dream. And I made golf golf error number one. I birdied the first. So whenever you kind of birdie the first hole, you know it's only downhill from there, right? I think we sure. had ever birdie the first hole of any course. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know what that feels like. We kind of hit a driver. And if you've played at Field, you know, if you hit the downhill slope, it's 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 down there, it's near the green. It was baked out, it was dry. And I nailed it and it was on the pin and it was tracking. I was like, that's going to be close. Uh, and it was just off the back of the green. Um, it was on the pin as well. So had it been kind of 20 yards shorter, uh, softer, more cutty, it would have been pretty close. Um, and we walked off the first hole, one birdie and three pars. So we were like, well, wow, career day for all. ahead." <laughs> <laughs> need to say, didn't, didn't quite go that way. Um, made the turn in 43 of 16 points. And then just from there, honestly, I have absolutely no idea why. But it was kind of like the wheels fell off just everyone. But I said to Johnny, I was like, I've got no justified reason for this, but I am flat as a flipping pancake we got through like 11 12 and i just had nothing left in the tank uh, and then it just started turning into a bit of a bit of a frenzy really and it started turning a bit silly and it was just a case of right like, who can drag themselves to 18 in the in the least amount of shots to gain the most amount of points for the race to uh fray bentos that's nice. that's how the weekend was uh chris do you do you want to take it away do or tim do you want to
1: I, all that, no, what you've just done is you've just reminded me that I haven't entered my points from
2: our major into the yeah, round. That's exactly major. what i am being reminded of as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, i 40 in there. So that's great. Johnny, Johnny entered his first round in of the year. It's like, shit, how come you're so far ahead? I was like, look how many rounds I've entered. I've played basically <laughs> yeah. a year's worth of golf already, <laughs> and I've got like eight <laughs> rounds in there. Um, <laughs> that's what I was like. It's not that high a points total. There's not many good rounds in there. It's just because I've played they so They will well be replaced. That. yeah. It won't be long before that is caught up and overtaken, that's for sure. All right. Um,
0: so, okay, that, that sets us up nicely for something we're going to talk about. No, we're going to talk, oh, we're no. going to talk about it in, um, a, in a second. Stop. Oh, stop. Chris, Chris wants to talk about something. Stop. You're just going
1: to ignore this, that you just sent the message? Yeah, it's going to have oh. a moment of smug. Go on then, Chris. Take it away. Do you, do you want me to read it out? Yes, uh, please. Uh, crap, load up the message. A true links course is located alongside the sea. Let's just stop there. This right <laughs> is right. It consists of sandy soil, has little vegetation other than tall seagrasses and gorse. The natural terrain is used to develop the golf holes. An important reason the game of golf originated on this type of land because it was suited to play. Let's just focus on links. is by the sea. In fact, I'm fairly sure. No, I think I'm making that up. I was about to say Lynx as in it links the ground, the, like the, the country to the sea. It's the piece of land that links the country to the sea. That's why
2: that's why I'm gonna go with. Google. Let's have a look. No. I'm Are right. Going two for two there. I'm right. Yeah. Ah. Uh, right. Who's got a beer? <laughs> Let me open a beer.
0: <laughs> right. Let's 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 move on at that junction. Let's talk briefly. Uh because it sounds like obviously Easter weekend many plans for, for the boys, so I don't know how much golf. We've been able to watch this weekend, but it was, of course, RBC Heritage this weekend down at Harbour Town. Jordan Spieth, a week after his Masters meltdown, <laughs> brings it back, takes the title at Harbour Town. Um, Chris, I think you saw some of the highlights. Uh, I'm going to come completely, I'm going to be brutally honest. I've not seen a minute of it, um, just due to looking after children and babies over the weekend. So, so sorry about that.
1: You have to apologise, and that's fine. Sorry, did you say looking after babies? Uh,
0: one baby, three, two and a half year olds. Crikey, it! Where were you? Uh, back home with family. Oh, blimey! Okay, else, um, hang on. Where else would I be looking after <laughs> children and looked <laughs> after them.
1: <laughs> no, let's not go there. Um, Moonlighting as as a daycare centre. Yeah, <laughs> Tim also now works in a nursery. Uh yeah. I look. I. I didn't watch a lot of it. The highlights. uh, Van Royen, I thought it was playing some very, very good golf, which was great. Um, Harold Varner had an awesome uh, Thursday, Friday. He had it. Did you, either of you guys see the weird scenario that he had? Um, He, um, I don't think it was televised, although I haven't actually looked for highlights. He hit a drive on Friday. He was absolutely flying. um, And he hit a drive and it, it went, from what I've read, it went way right. Like, probably out of bounds right, but no one was actually sure it went out of bounds right. And someone whose house backs onto the course picked up the ball and basically took it back towards their house, from my understanding. How Rana comes up, and they were, they were like, oh he was like oh my obviously this person's realized what they've done not having realized that that ball was in play or whatever and the guy said oh I picked it up and it was already out of bounds well Harold runner was just like well how well how do we know it was out of bounds like are you are you just telling like are you you are telling me it's out of bounds like where are we at here like what's the and basically the rules official sided with the 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 person whose house it was, they are saying no. If they're saying it's out of bounds, it's out of bounds. But again, the reason uh, Varner got so uh, was uh, was arguing the case was you're taking their word over mine. And I appreciate that they were here, but how do you know that ball was out of bounds? Absolutely. Like he knew it was going to be close, but it was just
2: you've really got a feel for him there as well. Two twofold for that. There are cameras absolutely flipping everywhere. Yeah, p j Tour tournaments and. Uh, I don't know whether to it, say there, there might be video footage. I I kind of feel like it was Scotty Scheffler or, or one of the top ten in the world that had hit that shot. A camera would have been over there to have been able to confirm it.
1: Almost uh, immediately. My understanding was like, it my understanding the the even in written form, it sounds like it was a long way right. It right. sounds like it was probably out of bounds, but it's just there was no one there to actually say whether it was
2: or not so that was uh, fi- finally the a tour pro gets the treatment that we get <laughs> it all goes mild right and you don't get relief from it buddy um
1: so he he was understandably angry double bugged that hole clearly couldn't get the anger out of it double bugged the, ne- the next or one after um but then played relatively okay got a few birdies on the way back in but kind of that i feel like that was his point of uh, like taking himself out of contention and then did you see, Fr- How was it Fratelli, who played a shot out of the trees? Did yep. you guys see this?
0: Yes, I did see this one.
1: So so in the world's weirdest par, hits the shot, ends up in like, they've got this like in like, <coughs> South Carolina, isn't it? They've got this, I don't know what the tree is, but it's like, if you picture those, any film that's set in the south, the south of of the Americas, it's like the tree that like died. Daniel- willow, willow tree. No, it's not a willow tree. Oh, all right. Mister. I, I don't think it's really <laughs> I don't, we need to We need Greg Parry on the show here for some culture. Um, I mean, I've got no idea what tree is. Anyway, the ball got stuck literally in the leaves of the hanging tree. Don't even know how that's possible. And he goes up to it. There's a rules official with him at this point, right? There is a rules official there with him talking through what the situation is. And he goes up and... He uses his driver. Somehow, uh, Honestly, I don't think I'd hit the ball. Like Already yeah, he's done I, really well. I,
2: I think they've done really well, just to identify that it was his golf ball.
1: Oh, unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. How it has not fallen out of the tree, I don't know. So he takes his driver, hits it with his driver, out of the tree, onto the green, two-putt par. Unbelievable. Like, actually, actually brilliant. If you haven't seen it, go onto the YouTube or Instagram or wherever and go and have a look. Until the end of the round where they say, Oh yeah, that's a two shot penalty. And he said, Well why? Yeah. And they said, Because of the way you stood over the ball, or not over the ball, under the ball in this situation. You are not allowed to stand astride, yeah. quote unquote, of the ball. So you can't stand behind the ball with the target in front of you, if that makes sense. With legs what? with legs either side of the line that you're going to hit. So you can't do you couldn't do like a croquet style putt. Yeah. Imagine you're on the green and you, you couldn't stand with the ball in between your feet and then hit forwards, if that makes sense. That wouldn't be allowed. Sure,
0: because presumably loads of players used that to their advantage before that rule came in. Of
1: course, definitely. Uh, but this was also applied in the way that now he's got Driver hitting a ball out of a tree. Already there's so many questions about the weird shots people have taken. and I'm, I, You know when you're now thinking back going, How has not someone not broken this rule where they're like, there's a ball like on the edge of the water or do you know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, Mm -hmm. how has this never been broken before? And
2: also like when it's off the green, I I understand, I've seen videos, like vintage videos of people straddling putts and using a croquet method as as lining up Mm. a putt and it looks, it may be beneficial. Who knows? Never going to try it because it looks ridiculous. But I'm fairly sure taking a driver out of a flipping tree. Anywhere off the green, you are not benefiting really from straddling a ball. Could you imagine 170 yards out trying to hit a seven-iron and straddling your line and trying to croquet your ball down the middle of the fairway? That rule should just apply to the green. Yeah, look, I'm
1: I'm actually not I'm not. The rule is the rule. Rules of golf are ridiculous. They are are true. true. But the thing that I think is really silly is there was a rules official there with him. Yeah. And I think if the rules official is talking you through what you can and can't do, like I ju- is it—is it the rules official job to
2: say you can't hit a shot like that? Probably no, not. I think it's the—I think as the rules of golf, the guy probably didn't even know that it was a rule outside of the green because it probably never even crossed
1: his mind. But 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 it brings a question: like if if the rules official did know, is it if he's not asked, it's not his place to say, is it? It's not his responsibility to say. By the way, you can't hit that shot like
2: that. I, I I don't know. I disagree. I kind of say it is. How could you look at yourself in the mirror that night going, I might have just cost this guy 200k because I didn't say... Mm. If, he'd, if he'd stood beside it yeah, he'd be rather fine. than
1: astride it, yep. he'd be absolutely fine. So he yep. could have stood with both feet to one side, still pointing forwards and done the same style. It's because he put his feet wide, like shoulder width apart.
0: I feel like the officials... The official could have
2: let him know that. And that's why I think the official just didn't even think, consider it. Didn't even consider it as a, a broken rule at the time. Broken rule? Well, That's probably not a way to say that. Lovely good recovery, though. If you haven't seen it, Google yeah. it. a yeah. good effort. Outstanding.
1: Really good effort. Um, yeah, so there was that. Then Spieth,
2: Spieth couldn't putt, from what I could see see the stat about that it's the worst putting performance for a win on the pj tour since i think about 2006 i think it I was really statistically. i mean he said that's it in his, he said it in his interview it was like i won this week but i couldn't putt and we we're like wow that's, that's quite some statement I mean,
1: he, I mean he was hitting some really really good shots and the, two weeks ago we were talking about him doing weird things on the range and weird mm-hmm. movements etc and sure he had a really bad week at the masters but then comes out with a win um did you guys know how low he got in the world rankings? Uh, I thought...
0: It, um, you're probably going to tell me I'm completely wrong. I thought he got down to like 170 or something like that.
1: Oh, I don't have that as a number. I've got 92 as the lowest. that I'm, I'm basing this off oh, a, okay. a social media post. But I've got him down at 92 in January. And then
2: now he's back in number 10. Yeah, which is outstanding because even then... Like, you know, he went on his hot streak last year and we we spoke about it. He looked really, really good, almost back to his best and kind of fizzled out. Hasn't really felt like he's done masses since. But it's clearly just from being consistently top 20s, top 10s, top 30s, Mm. that he's got himself into the top 10 because you are not getting yourself into the world's top 50 without playing some seriously consistent golf. To get into the top 10 is, is actually insane, considering you would probably say he's not been in good form.
1: No. Um, yeah, well, Jan Jan 21, 92. July 21, he got to 23rd. And now he's back into number 10. Unbelievable. Mm.
2: Good effort. I mean, it's, yes, that was, it's a good yeah. thing he did win because missing that putt from a foot on Saturday night on 18. Oh, yeah. It would have been. He missed, he missed a tap in, cr- like an actual tap. Criminal. Genuinely a foot. I saw a, a stat, a tweet from Lou Stagner. I know you're a big fan, Chris. That's um, yeah. where I get a lot of my Tiger stats from. This kind of blew my mind when I read it. Um, so between 2004 and 2021, there were 95,020 putts from 18 inches, which is how far Jordan Speed missed it from. So 95,020, 192 were missed <laughs> out of 95,000. So 192 does sound like a lot, but when you start thinking about that huge sample size... So, tour players miss one from that distance every 495 attempts. And Jordan Spieth, when he's in the lead on 18, decides to casually just roll it in. Uh, <laughs> that could have cost him the tournament. Thankfully, yeah, that's a, that's a miss rate of 0.002. <laughs> that's practically money, and that's why he so nonchalantly had a. Uh, Can like you a, imagine? Because uh, he, he he took he took. Uh,
1: Cantley was it? Cantley. He took it to the playoff, yeah. and then um, he just made a worldly bunker shot
2: in on the on the playoff hole. And I don't um, think anyone was surprised when he did that. I think no. like, that's probably <laughs> no. the best shot Spieth could have played from his second was leaving it short in that sand. Yeah, based on his putting, uh, <laughs> the, the bunker was the best place to be. Did you see the ridiculous uh, stat about how good Jordan Speef is at this time of year? No. So he. Oh. I thought about Easter weekend, specifically Easter weekend. Yeah. Last year on Easter Sunday, he won the Valero Texas Open. That kick-started the recovery. This year, he won at Hilton Head. Do you know where the tournament is next year, Easter Sunday? I do, but I'm going to let Tim guess because he obviously doesn't.
0: I've got a clue. Like, I don't know, Wolf Creek.
2: A little place called Augusta. So next Easter Sunday, be putting your mortgage (laughs) on Jordan Spieth. (laughs) Betting tips not official from, from the <laughs> yeah, there, do not listen to Dallas probably wouldn't do that but if there's anything in that which I'm sure there are absolutely nothing um, but yeah put your money on him around Augusta because mm. I was the recent it was the first time he's missed the cut so he's got something going around there and he clearly loves this time of year yeah for sure well Speaking of putting money on favourites, I think you'd be
0: hard-pressed to find shorter odds on players this weekend than Victor Hovland and Colin Morikawa for the Zurich Classic this weekend. So I don't know if this is the only Pairs event on the circuit. I feel like it might be, potentially. I actually
1: don't know. I can't think of another one.
0: Um, but yes, it is Pairs this weekend, um, mm. which you know very, very rarely happens. Format, uh, first couple of rounds, are two rounds of foursomes, uh, two rounds of four balls, so that basically means Thursday, Thursday and Saturdays rounds are four balls. So each player plays every hole their own ball. Best score counts. Friday and Saturday, Friday and Sunday, even are foursomes, which means they take alternate shots. Which I think is where the real, the real fun comes yeah. into it. Agreed. And yeah, Victor and Colin just decided to pull a fast one, basically on the rest of the field because uh, their odds are just ridiculously
2: uh, short. Um, I mean, what are they, and are they moment, moment? Like Three and four in the world. Or two and four in the world, something. Uh, Monica, I think it's two and four or
0: two and five. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Ryan, yeah, DraftKings DraftKings.
1: teaming up with Scotty Scheffler, I thought that was not one interesting.
0: Um, so I've actually, so I've already done my DraftKings for this weekend, and it wasn't easy. I'll I'll level with you. You've, got, you've got to go,
1: me. Cam Smith and Leishman. They've got to be up there.
0: No, I, 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 unsurprisingly, spanked all my money on Hovland and oh, Morikawa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, just, I think oh, you're
2: you're going to be in the minority if you don't this week. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. And then from basically from there on in, it was trying to feed off scraps. I say feed off scraps. Cyril Hatton's in there; who can't
1: really be classified as sure. scraps. He's, he's been playing um, really well this year. Who's, his, Danny who's Hatton's partner? Danny Willett. Ah, oh, interesting. Okay.
0: Um, Martin Led and Robert McIntyre interesting but uh, yeah I, I think it's it's, it's a good format be I
1: like this format it was a yeah, very good format, format
0: didn't he um, so I'll be keeping an, an eagle eye on uh, on these two fellas uh, DraftKings lineups as as we get into Thursday and the
2: weekend um, anything more from the pros before we move on chaps yeah just a slight bit of Gears um, chat something that Chris would definitely be interested excellent. in Tim potentially interested in it. Chris, I, I say you first because I know you're a big Lululemon fan as it is. I don't yeah. know whether you've seen that they've officially entered the golf space now and signed up their first golf athlete. Oh, um, I, had
1: not, I knew that they were producing golf clothing. I did not know yeah. now, golf now a slight
2: sidestep. It's not directly into the pros, but it is J.R. Smith, the, um, the ex-NBA player who's playing collegiate golf at the moment. Um, he is confirmed as a Lululemon athlete, which I think is sick because we've been talking, cool. we've been talking about Good brands getting into golf, and I think Lulu could could ruffle some feathers. Um, so it's
0: a slightly different brand as well. But Farah have also entered the golf game uh, in the last couple of weeks. Don't know if you boys have seen that. No, no. I don't think they've signed up. Uh, I don't think they've signed up uh, a player just yet. But of course, I had a look on their uh, I had a look on their website at their golfers. Very pleasant. There's a very very nice pair of sky blue uh, trousers, which
1: mm, yeah, they might need to get bought.
2: No, yeah, okay, I think I've so.
1: got one I've got one more brand then for you. Go on, I've, got, I've got an in the news this week question for you. I'm really okay. hoping neither of you have seen this. Got are it. you ready?
2: Oh yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> Which brand are getting into golf by signing both John Daly and John Daly Jr.
2: <laughs> I, <laughs> I know didn't see this. Because I saw his hey, post-, but- <laughs> post about it today and I thought it was ridiculous because Hooters isn't it. It's Hooters, yeah. (laughs) So Little Daly
1: is in the University of Arkansas, I think, so that he's got the, what's the college agreement? Nil, N I L, name, image, likeness.
0: Uh, Likeness, I
1: think. Um, So he's got a deal with his old man for Hooters. Unbelievable. (laughs) Unbelievable. For me, what a perfect, perfect partnership. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That is just, uh, I think, the best, the um, best. uh,
2: for little John Daly, that's a uh, that's a that's a pretty good partnership as a nineteen-year-old college kid or whatever. It is <laughs> yeah, at the moment. I'm sure he is <laughs> loving that.
0: <laughs> right, moving on to uh, I don't know, slightly different. Fair um, away just, from my just, just quickly, um,
2: Chris. Do you want to talk to us about DraftKings? What happened this week, or shall I just take it away? We- don't think i entered in DraftKings this week if i'm honest with you i yeah. i don't remember there being a tournament so no yeah, I mean, right was on the wall early doors when it when you messaged into the group saying i'm i've got a player who's eight over on uh on day one so, <laughs> when,
1: yeah. when one of your players goes eight over in the first round i was like as you rightly said ben it's the full weekend i'm like i don't disagree with you but when one of your players goes eight over you're ruling yourself out <laughs> you, you're
2: you're ruling yourself out that's yeah. well and truly gone i um I took overall second place. Tim was somewhere middle of the pack, I think seventh, and then Chris was, was right down rock bottom. Really, oh, really strong showing for the lads. So yes,
1: that's that's my worst worst week of the yeah, year so he far. Is
2: properly doing an Arsenal at the moment and hit some early form, and is now utterly <laughs> awful when it really matters. Um, normal service resumed. Uh, normal service has resumed, so that takes <laughs> it. It's now getting quite tasty for the boys because uh, I am roaring back. I am still in third place, but I am on twenty points. And both Chris and Tim are now tied on 22.
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah. So
2: Chris okay. has well and truly bottled it. Um, <laughs> and I had a week in a country where I wasn't even allowed to access the app. So uh, I mean, and I've, I've, I've had a week. Coming missed. back. We've,
1: also had a week missed. We've all had a week missed. So that's now yeah. that even. Yeah, but it was by choice. I literally couldn't access the app. <laughs> yeah, move on quick before Ben keeps talking.
0: Yeah, let's move on. Uh, let's move on. So, we were talking about Jordan Spieth and and his his weak turnaround from his I mean Masters meltdowns a bit strong. But he certainly was throwing a bit of a hissy fit at Augusta the other week. Um, so he turned it around in the week to come back and, and win the tournament. So what I wanted to talk about a little bit today was about how you bounce back after a shocker of a round. Um, this I, I imagine will be a uh, topic familiar to pretty much every listener. It certainly is to us three because we've all definitely had absolute stinkers of rounds. Now, I I specifically didn't ask the boys to prepare prepare anything for this segment whatsoever because I wanted to have this as kind of like pub chat, round round the table and see if there's... First things first, if you have a stinker of a round, do you have almost like a go-to approach of how you deal with that um, and what you do next? Because I have one of two routes. I have two potential routes I can go down, but I want to go last.
1: Okay, I'm going to jump in first here, just real quick. So the first thing to note is, I feel like I am terribly positioned to comment on this. Uh, as I as I mentioned to you earlier, Tim, I had a bad round two years ago, and I'm still trying to bounce back from that bad round. I think I got worse for about a year and a half before then even remotely starting to get better. Um, so I would say that if I was on FM, my bounce back ability stat would be roughly zero, <laughs> uh, maybe one out of 20. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, I reckon I can give you Benz. Shall I tell you what Benz is? I reckon okay. Ben's is have a bad round, go play Peddam or Chelsfield. And he goes, oh, play, yeah. goes, plays Ch- Peddam or Chelsea That makes his confidence boost around. And he's like, right, I'm back in it. And I don't think that's a bad thing, by the way, but I reckon that's
2: great.
1: Great. Go play a course that you're comfortable at.
2: I. Kind of I, I did write a couple of things down, but that wasn't one of them actually. But in actual fact, it's not a bad idea. Anytime I am yeah. having a stinky, you go back around there and you do step away having shot a good score. I always feel like entering those scores into our year-long race should always have an asterisk next to them because they are kind of <laughs> they never quite I'm I'm yet to play a golf course which rise, raises a handicap due to the new system and I'm still really surprised every time I go to both of those golf courses and I get an additional shot my index I'm like I'm just not sure how um (laughs) if you walk off with less than 36 that's quite a disappointment so uh, yeah I, I actually think that's not a bad shout go and play a course that you are comfortable with knowing that you've shot two of your best rounds ever on
1: yeah but we talk about it don't we we talk we've talked about it on the pod how we go and have our confidence boost like whenever someone says oh, i'm playing chelsea we're like, confidence boosting around coming up like yeah. we talk about it like I, I don't think that's a bad thing to do
0: so if i if i take you through mine mine goes aggressively aggressively one of two ways so basically any time i shoot around which is l- less than i would say satisfactory for me Usually what will happen, and you know what, I'm going to be frank, I'm just going to tell you it like it is. Normally what happens is later on that day, during a trip to the toilet, I'll probably sit on the toilet and go back through my scorecard and write down what's been costing me shots. Uh, That's pretty pretty universal. Um, I just completely admit that on a a national podcast, but there you go. My gift to you. Um, Now from there, I go one of two ways. I go one way, which is just turn off golf. Just have, just have like a few days. Just think, just focus on other stuff. Just go and I don't know, go watch the rugby, go hang out, go hang out with uh, with the fiance, um, whatever it is. Just don't, just do stuff that's not golf because ultimately, at our level, hackers level, it is important, but it's not really in the grand scheme of things. Now, the flip side to that is, I could go aggressively the other way, which I have done, which has been literally in some cases. A 7:30 AM range session the very next day, and working aggressively on things that I've declared that I need to get better at. Um, and so I've I've had one situation in the past where I've had a I've had a couple of stink, stinkers of like range sessions before we've been to a master before we've been to one of our majors in the past. So this is going back quite a few years. I think we were playing at somewhere in Norwich. Uh, I think it was like March or something. And I think for I think I had two driving range sessions planned. I think one was on a Sunday, one was on Tuesday. Obviously, driving to the venue on the Friday evening. I would say both those sec- those sessions were f- pretty much fi- at minimum fifty percent shanks of those driving. Oh. The <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so basically, what what my original plan was for said weekend was I was obviously working in in London in the office on the Friday. The original plan was right. Do your day at the office, get on the tube, get home, jump in the car, off you go. I thought, mm, okay, no, this, this, this is we've hit critical stations here. So, oh, I can't believe I'm telling you this, but here we go. I basically arranged a lunchtime lesson in the city <laughs> on the Friday lunchtime. I did
1: not know this.
0: <laughs> uh, so this, so I took my clubs to work. Um, on that Friday, took them down to, I think it's like near bank or something. There's a, there's a, I think there's a David Ledbetter or something over there. Had the lesson, um, on the Wednesday, on the, on the Friday lunchtime. Now, because, uh, I, I also, thought, in, I'm assuming like an indoor facility here, like, a yeah, like an underground simulator yeah. lessons. I also thought, right, what I'm going to do, I was going to have that lesson on the Friday lunchtime, and then I'm going to get to the course on the Friday evening in advance of anybody else getting there so I can just, you know, use the range and kind of bed it in a little bit. So obviously, as I said, my original plan was to go to work, go back home, then drive out. I paid for national NCP car parking in the city so that I could jump in my car in the middle of town as soon as I finished work to drive to the, to drive to the resort on the Friday evening didn't make any difference because I got stuck in about an hour of traffic. So I turned up and it was dark. Chris was already in the swimming pool and jacuzzi at the time. So <laughs> that, that, that's, um, you know, it's the sheer windmill and panic that I've had in the past.
1: <laughs> that is, I love that. I did not know about that secret lesson right. that is in London. That is, that is phenomenal.
2: Is that the first time that has come out of the bag? Cause I, I've never heard that before.
0: Yeah. I've not heard that. Yeah. That's that's a first time confession there.
2: Well I'm fairly sure, I mean you're very close to my flatmate, and I'm sure he doesn't know about that either. And he will find uh, a lot of amusement in that actually when I when we finish up and I go and tell him. Yeah. No, I can't yeah. I can't say I've So ever- there we go, I've laid my cards on the table. I've I mean I've had a I can't say I've ever had a lesson in a day before going out as like a panic one, but I have taken a video as I was warming up pre-round and sent it to the coach, being like, "What am I doing wrong? Why am I, why am I uh, slicing the ball all of a sudden?" Didn't get a message back. Played, played awfully, uh, and then got a message back the next day. But that's about as as uh, as panicky I've, as I've gotten, I don't, and I'm fairly sure that just wouldn't get me out of a funk either.
1: So wait, you it's because the original question was you've had a really bad round, yeah. and then what do you do to bounce back? Tim, that story has cracked me up. Um, I don't disagree. Like actually, uh, the the routine of okay, where did that all go wrong? <laughs> it's definitely it's definitely a conversation I have with myself, like after the day, like where did that go wrong? Like all joking aside, the twenty five pointer on day two at, on our major, and and I can and I literally could sit there and go. Yeah, it was short game. Like it was anything within eighty yards wasn't that was, an at, was an utter shit show. And I think that I actually think that's quite new, unu- like unusual for me. I don't think I can normally say it's it was that that was going wrong. I think most of the time, if it's a really bad round, I, I honestly just have to go no nothing. Like that was just one of those days. Like that was just the golf gods being like yeah. you today. You're going to have a shitter, and we are going to laugh at you. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, but I probably will sneak in an extra range session. That week, for okay. sure. I I th- I think just to get the okay. No, I can still hit a golf ball. It's still in the locker. Okay. Um. Yeah. What would you do if you were a member of a club though, and you only played that course, and you've just had a shocker of a round? Would like because we said to go play like the the confidence boosting courses. Would that Would that change what you your routine? Ben, what well, are you thinking?
2: I, I, I know I've got my my, my standard drills. That if, if I know that I'm playing badly, it's it's quite obvious what's going wrong i just have the same swing faults each time um and anytime i go back to the range i get access to the, the cameras i see it immediately and i'm like i just should have self-diagnosed that on the course which is, is obviously impossible and will probably be suicide on a golf course because you're only going to get worse at that point but i've got my standard drills just towel behind the ball um the one where you put the, the towel for what four balls back just work on getting the strike back alignment stick because if you're getting your alignment right well that's that's you know part of p- the potential problem i do those and i, I know, kind of I know at some point the swing will come back it's just not about kind of getting reps in like i know my issue whenever i play bad golf is, is quite boring to say it but i know my issue is i get too short on my backswing fast in the transition i come over the top i see that on a camera that's the luxury with with t box and the trackmans and the cameras i see that and i'm like well that's exactly what i was doing the weekend that's what I'm doing wrong. What's what I've worked on with lessons, just fix it. Get the standard drills out, and then and then generally back back at it. And I think it took me way too long to realize that when I was in Turkey this year, came back, didn't have a practice session, played awfully again. Uh, first couple of practice sessions back was pretty good, and then something that mm. I was speaking to one of the boys who took the title and absolutely kicked our asses on holiday It was the first time I'd played with him, uh, and he's one of those players I kind of alluded to earlier on that a better player than me that was just lights out from inside 80 to 100 yards. He was like, look, I've got the luxury position that I practice probably an hour a week on my wedges. He just said, because worst case scenario, the wedges are what's going to get you out of the shit. You can put the ball within reason all over the place. You can put it in the rough at the end of the day from 100 yards is where it really matters. So if you just make sure your wedges, you're practicing those and you're getting dialed in with those, chances are you're going to score all right. Providing you're not going mm. three off the tee every week. And I'd back myself to not be doing that multiple times around. So so, I, so
1: are you saying that your
2: post-shocking round is now your routine is going to change to do more wedge work? Well, this is the thing. I've been booking in two sessions a week recently and my wedge, my wedges this weekend were the best I've ever hit wedges because I've had three weeks of consistent two sessions a week or... Like this past week just gone, I had two hour session booked and I did a solid 45 minutes of with just two wedges hitting to the distances that I have, so I have a nine o'clock swing, a ten o'clock swing and a, f- a full length swing for each wedge and um I was just practicing those, needless to say, you reap the rewards like it was, was out on the course this weekend, and I knew if I had seventy five yards that's a ten o'clock lob wedge for me, and I put three or four to within like ten feet. I was like right, yeah, that's that justification as to why you, why you do that work. And, it's very Holy boring.
1: Standard, this is yeah. breaking news. Foulness is practising quote-unquote short game. Like yeah, is- that's, that's not <laughs> very short boring. game. Short game. <laughs> Chipping.
2: <laughs> now,
1: I've so, turned around you?
0: Week
2: When he said that putting was a waste of time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to me, Val, I've always kind of, that's the sort of thing that, those are the sorts of things I've always kind of fairly regularly practised, but it's never had any real structure to it. Whereas now my practice session, I'm booking him for two hours um, and I'm just going to do 40 minutes every time with, with, with a wedge with two wedges, take two wedges every time, just work on those. Cause like, like I said, the boy said, when we're on holiday, wedges will always get you out of the shit.
1: Nice. So what, what, wait, so what's our, are we coming up with some kind of, this is our bounce back ability routine? Have we, have
2: we got something that we like here? I would say get, so, I mean, it, it, I've, I've felt really good doing it. It's, Get your standard drills, which you know, it might be one or two things. You've done in a lesson before, which just seem to have corrected you to get you back on the right path. And then work on your wedges as well. Like I said, if you get your swings somewhat serviceable and you just get the ball in play, you don't lose golf balls. Even if you are hitting a slice or a hook, you get the ball somewhere in play on the grass and then you hit your wedge as well. I think you're never going to play that badly.
1: Shall I? Yeah.
2: I'd I'd add on to that
0: by saying that you know my my amusing story was you know getting on for I think maybe three years ago where I've got to since is definitely having had a number of lessons and sort of had it having had it drilled into me quite similar to what Ben says from my coach that where my bad shots will come from is one of two swing faults and these are the these are the these are what the problems are this is what you need to think about to get out of them. Nowadays, it's, it's more about just kind of going back and just really making sure that I'm doing those things I've been coached on. Potentially send, you know, I actually potentially send a video to my coach and to say, it's probably A or B, um, do, do, you, do you agree basically? Basically always university does because my bad shots come from two places. Um, so, yeah, I think it is repetition and just go back and do your drills. And also, but I think you're right as well, Chris, there are going to be days when, you know, some days you're the pigeon and some days you're the statue, right? When it comes to golf, some days you're just going to have stinkers and you just got to roll with it and just go to the next one. I
1: I love, I love how you can tell how me and Phyllis differ here. Because Ben, you're going all like, yeah, getting the reps, getting to do the practice here at my drills, I go to, and I'm more thinking, have a couple of pints down the pub, moan yep. about it with, with you guys if anything like work on technique at the pub trying to figure out yeah, what's, good. what's gone wrong good. Uh, that that feels like more my vibe than than working on actual drills
2: one one thing i won't ever be doing and i wouldn't recommend anyone be doing is um start incorporating jordan spee's pre-shot routine i don't think that's <laughs> gonna help you still watch it's a winning thing. it's a winning
1: pre-shot routine yeah. now
2: it is but christ so we,
0: we may not have given you a conclusive answer on what to <laughs> be, But that, to be fair, that wasn't actually the point. The point was just to talk out some of the things we do, some of the ways we think. And hopefully if there's been any guys going out this weekend, guys or girls, that they've gone out this weekend and had a bit of a battle on the course, don't worry. You're certainly not alone. We've all been there. Uh, just roll on to the next one. Um, one more piece of news before we wrap up for this week, which I've which I've... Translated into a silly little game, but here we go. Okay. Um, have you seen, it's a bit of bit of left field, Mark Wahlberg has put his house up for sale in the States. I have not seen that. Interesting. Okay. He's got a very uh, good backyard. He has a five-hole course in his back garden. Mm. Mm. I mean, admittedly, you, you'd need $88 million or 67 million quid to take it off him, but you know what? Uh, he's not short of a few, Bob. Anyway, what I wanted to say the silly little game I wanted to pose to you guys was if I was to offer you four homes with differing golf facilities in them, which of the following four would you pick based on the golf facilities I'm about to talk you through? Okay. Okay. So option one, assume these houses are all very nice and cost the same by the way. So option one is a 10 hole putting green of different obviously slopes Different reads, all that kind of jazz. Uh, option two is a two-hole putting green, but it has a practice bunker and it has a bit of a, a bit of rough around the green. Option three is an eighty-yard par three hole, but it only comprises of the tee box and the green. There's literally nothing else. It's like imagine it's like waste management sort of situation. Uh, and the final option, option four, is. A golf simulator but it's public and open to every resident on your street of which there are let's say 40 houses and it's open to people
2: anytime you can't book it right okay. so and let's go back to the par three so the, the three, third option Essentially, yep. at the 17th for sawgrass, it's surrounded by water. You can't do any chipping practice at all. Yeah, exactly. There's no, there's
0: no option to like practice around it. It's literally the tee box and it's the green, nothing else. Imagine you're like, I don't know, in uh, Utah and it's just like <laughs> rocks you between the tee box and the green.
2: <laughs> I would 100% go for the two hole, but with practice, the ability to practice out the bunker and the rough and the fringe and that sort of stuff. So yeah, option two for me.
1: Interesting. Okay. See, the reason okay. I would avoid option two. Oh, although avoid mate, it. I'd avoid option two because if that was in my backyard and now the amount of rain that we get, that's just turning into a giant puddle or some like. Yeah, but let's say you're living in a nice area. Oh. Let's say, let's say you live, you're living in Utah <laughs> or or Jupiter. Hang on, Utah a minute ago was a rocky death zone of. <laughs> Nog- it's not the rain. Your, your practice <laughs> facility is going to be okay. I'll put it that way. Um. Oh, I I think I honestly think I go with the first one. I think I go with the ten hole putting green and the main reason for it would be nothing to do with variety of practice, although that would be a good thing. A right now that's the that would be a great way for get get Noah into the game and do lots of little Gosh. putting drills and games with him. But also having you guys over for a barbecue and oh, beers yeah. God. Oh yeah the world putting championships is only going to be unbelievable on a 10 hole putting green so i think for that reason i would go with the putting green with 10 holes see i was absolutely dead set
0: on the the two the two pins and bunker and rough but now you see you sold me the barbecue and world putting championships <laughs> which,
1: I didn't think I for. which is ironic because that probably happen once a year right that's not going to be it. but, uh, but for that
0: one yeah. time, for that one deep down i'm probably more selfish than you so i'm probably taking the very specific bunker and chipping practice and two holes i reckon i'm taking oh, okay there you go fun little question but yeah you so see yeah if you got if you if you live in uh, hollywood and you've got what was it 88 million dollars knocking around then hey there's a very nice house uh mm-hmm. open to you but there we go one day eh lovely uh chaps anything more before we sign off for this week Nope. Nothing more. I'm getting lots of shaking your heads. That's good. As always, thank you very much for listening, guys. We'll see you on the next one. And good luck out there. See ya. Nice, see nice. ya. This podcast is brought to you by Sunday Red, the best online golf club in the world. No membership fees, no dress code, within reason. Just a growing online community of like-minded golfers. We offer golf days, coaching content, and even trips abroad. If it sounds like your thing, head on over to sundayred.co.uk. Also, if you want to prove to your buddies that you are the best golfer in your crew once and for all, why not set up your very own annual online competition? Think Race to Dubai, but just for your group or society. It's totally free. Go check it out at tourchamp.co.